You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about my growler, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. From the kickoff to the shootout, we're amped up, we're ramped up. For a breakaway from a set play, it's a give and go. And yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian. With me today, Kieran Kingmaker Doyle, Harrison Haymaker Crow. How you guys Haymaker. doing? Haymaker. That's that's new. You like that one? I enjoy all of them. Kieran, I, I feel like you have the best takes on on the names. What, how is the, How did the, how does this one rate? See, no, but it can't be Haymaker because I'm Kingmaker. So oh we yeah, we can't, we can't have two makers. I don't think that's that's true. I, I am open to, to to brainstorming away from Kingmaker, yeah. but I think Hi- Harrison High Life is still my favorite. All right, we'll stick we'll stick with that until I come up with a different one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's been a crazy week of Major League Soccer because no Major League Soccer games occurred last weekend, which is very interesting. Oh, you we're going to um, stick with that, are we? Yeah. Well, here's the thing: people are always saying to me, "Ian, I love the show." but please stop discussing the Seattle Sounders so much. So I'm going to honor that request today by not discussing the Seattle Sounders at all. So are we going to talk about the Timbers instead then? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was really good. <laughs> Here, let me say, let me say this. Let me get this off my chest. Okay. For a long time, I have, fought against the idea that some other major league soccer rival soccer, some other major league soccer rivalry would be superior to the, the Portland Seattle rivalry because it has, there's not one with as much history, right? It, and a history is a big part of, of the rivalry. But after watching this weekend's games, I feel like Portland's the only team that shows up for this rivalry anymore. And like when you compare that to LAFC and the Galaxy, which is just like even it doesn't matter who's in form, it's always a great close game because like they really do like they, they put it all on the line out there. And I just feel like Seattle's just been kind of absent from this rivalry for a few years now. And I'm starting to just kind of go, maybe it's maybe it's not anymore. I don't know. I don't know. I could just be venting. Uh, I think it has to be LA right now. Yeah. I mean, there's I I, I don't skip watching. The what? What are we not supposed to call it? The the El Trafico. Tra- El Trafico, yeah. Um, which is such a great name. I don't know why they why they don't. Who doesn't use like that. it? They don't they oh, advertise it? No, MLS doesn't want to use that, right? Isn't that the one that they don't want to use? I mean, I think they like very regularly use it. It's unique and good. Like they should never change that. It's an actual organic thing that isn't been run through like so many focus groups, so that it's actually kind of cool. 
I th- yeah, I, think, well, I could I see, I could see point, why they'd be against it. Yeah, I think at one point they were like anti El Trafico, but I think now they are. They've just leaned in. You got to. You got to just lean in. It's a real thing. You didn't make it up. You didn't put it on a billboard. Decide like this is like what our focus group tested corporate like approved rivalry is. You mean MLS rivalry week takes LA hashtag hashtag. <sighs> Heineken baby. I was going to say hashtag mediocre beer. Yeah. Hashtag Heineken 0.0. <laughs> Listen, as far as a, a non-alcoholic uh, beer goes, Heineken 0.0 is not bad. I had one the other week. Oh, if Heineken 0.0 wants to sponsor this podcast, I will happily shill you <laughs> to all to. of my social media platforms. Yeah, we could do our whole ad form where like, I stopped you guys from driving and then you're like, <laughs> come on, Ian. This is a non-alcoholic beer. All Here's right. a question yeah, before we move me. on. If yeah. you were drinking a non-alcoholic beer in the car, mm-hmm. would you get in trouble by the police? Uh, you, I think, would be um, – you know, it's one of those – I've asked that question before. I've never gotten a straight answer. Uh, I think, is the cop a jerk? Y- yes or no? I, you know, I don't know. It seems like the kind of thing you wouldn't risk. I don't think you could technically be in trouble for drinking a 0.0 alcohol beer. Um. But why, why, why mess with fate? You know, why yeah. get the cops involved? Agreed. That's my legal advice. All right, let's talk about some soccer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, LALFC was great. That was a fun game, though, to watch. Man, I don't care that the Galaxy are winless in seven. I, those two teams could be separated by forty points. And, and that game would be crazy and intense and so much fun. I believe the children now say lit. It would be lit. Oh, for sure. Ricky Fuig played so good. Deserved so much better from that game. <laughs> that, pa- that pass to Chicharito was, ridiculous. was ridiculous. nuts. What about the shot that just like just Crank didn't curl enough? Yeah. Man, he like – so once they went uh, – once they went to three five two, I was like, "Oh, what are they gonna like? Like, what is this gonna look like defensively? Like, I don't know." <laughs> and, and it's like, and and I'm like trying to figure out, like, okay, well, where did what does Puig do here? Pooj or whatever his name is, and it's like oh. his position is just on the ball. Yeah, just give it's, me the ball. Just wherever. give me the ball. He was like peak <laughs> Jordan. Yeah, and every time, why every time they go to a three five two, the Galaxy become three times as good. But they don't just start that way ever. I think, I think it, it's getting to a point where like they will have to. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't won a game yet, so um, I don't know. It was a good game. Uh, I wish uh, all LAFC, all LA based Major League Soccer teams the best of luck. Um, LAFC was good too. Vela just did, you know, he did that goal. He does every one of these fixtures. That's that same one. Like I, I it was so was funny. Watch. Poor, I thought that was kind of poor goalkeeping, to be honest. Sure, but the whole time that possession was developing, and I saw where Vela was running, I was like, I know exactly how this is going to end. And the only interesting thing <laughs> is going to be like, like who passes it to him so he does that shot and scores this goal, and uh, it was a deflection. So <laughs> really kept me on my toes there. Um, anyway, uh, we have two teams to get through today. We got trivia, and we've got a new feature that we're introducing from Harrison High Life Crow. Uh, 
where you know there's a a, a pretty memeified sort of um, thing in the world of internet sports punditry discussion talk where you do like a remember these guys kind of moment thing where I think the basic premise of it is you pull like a random whoever player from back in the day and we see how much to fans of the sport and the league remember that guy and we thought it'd be fun to do that with major league soccer because there are a ton of guys that are just kind of existing somewhere in like the fringes of my cerebral cortex uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna Take it, pass it over to, to Harrison here. Harrison, do you have a guy for us to remember today? Oh, are we going to do this right now? <clears throat> yeah, we're going to do this right uh, uh, now. Right this second. So this yeah. is a little bit further back than what we had kind of planned on on going. Uh, okay, we had kind of said like, you know, this, this 2008, 2013 type era. And mm-hmm. it, what's kind of fun about that is that, you know, we don't have a lot of stats on them. So, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a, there's an individual and I'm probably going to butcher their name. So like, just get like Naturally. your forks and every, yeah, that's not at this point in time. That's a, that's a thing I do. And an so just outcome. Exactly. So, um, I don't understand why people still get mad about it. Whatever. I, I try my best. <laughs> I'm just still literate. It's fine. Um, I said Ricky Puig again. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because you go over so much about how to pronounce his name. Anyways, I'm going to talk about him. So yeah, there's, there's an individual. Uh, so I wanted, I, I was going to go with Jeff Cunningham. Very, very vanilla, very plain, very, yeah. very, very bland. Uh, because with all the talk about Kai Kamara, goal scoring records, it seems apt to talk about one of the first big goal scoring leaders in, in Jeff Cunningham. But it felt mm-hmm. very, it still feels like on the tip of our tongue, uh, Jeff yeah. Cunningham mm-hmm. does, uh, who was a great forward, great striker for the Columbus crew for many years. Uh, he had a goal scoring record that, uh, that was set uh, for rookies in his rookie year. He set the, the rookie goal scoring record that was eventually broken by a player by the name of Damani Ralph and Damani Ralph is who I want to talk about. He basically played for the Chicago fire for uh, a couple years um, set some goal scoring records. He scored 11 goals in back to back seasons for the Chicago Fire in 2003 and 2004. And then he went off uh, to Russia and he was uh, basically right out of, uh, right off the cusp of uh, MLS Super Draft. He was really expected to go to England. And after he really couldn't secure a transfer, supposedly MLS turned down a $1 million uh, bid for him. And uh, a couple years later, he goes off to Russia and uh, he was, he was going to be somebody bright. He was going to be another, uh, another bright star. And unfortunately ran into a slew of uh, knee injuries. He came back and tried to play for uh, the New York Red Bulls, which, that was another uh, segue into Luke Rogers that, you know, I'd kind of talked about offline and uh, yeah. So just kind of a, a remember when Damani Ralph set the record for uh, uh, rookies uh, goal scoring record in 2003 for the Chicago fire in only 1900 minutes. So he was Jamaican, right? Yes. Yes. He, he has, one, I think he has one cap, one cap for uh, Jamaica. Uh, and he is now uh, 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 vice president of a sports agency, I believe, in uh, New York. So um, he's he's still still involved with soccer. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, the uh, I, I don't remember him super well. Um, that was a little bit during like probably my my least uh, paying attention time to Major League Soccer. <laughs> I think because that would have been like what back in like early aughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I do know the name though. I, I do feel like he, he does come up occasionally from time to time. I don't know. Do you have any memory of this guy, Kieran? Um, so I only know who this guy is because I was writing Red Bull trivia and he scored the winner in the U S open cup final against yes. the Metro stars. Nice. Um, there you go. I was unfortunately seven years old when he set this record. So <laughs> yeah. uh, before my time, a little bit um, before your time, but yeah, I, I like saw this guy and I'd never heard of him. And so I like looked him up. So I saw these Wikipedia things. Um, so maybe not the first person to peak guy remember on this one, but there are very few people who've like scored a winner in a final in the U S which is pretty cool. Especially for the Red Bulls, but a uh, psh- Oh, or no, not I, for the Red Bulls. Chicago. The fire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, the joke still works. Well, he, he came back. He came back to play for the Red Bulls. Say fire. Yeah. So I mean, go back and edit it. So I said Chicago fire instead of Red Bulls there. So, you know, what's crazy to think about just not even specific to him is like, I can't really think of anyone else who moved to Russia at that time. Like they're like in the early 2010s, like there were a lot of people who went to Russia because they had all that money. Like when like Enzi Makachkala bought like all the Brazilians and stuff. Yeah. But that was like your time. This was like when you played football manager during this time, this is where you found all your guys that were going to be awesome. In like four years or whatever, you go to the Russian <laughs> yes. league and grab all these Brazilians. So he went to. Did you say Ruben Kazan was that his? Yeah, it looks yep. like. Oh man, Obafemi Martins played for them too, I believe. Yes. Was he? Was it so? Wow. Harrison, was this guy like a a super draft guy or uh, yes. like from Jamaica guy? No, he was a, he was a UConn grad. Uh, he, he, oh, UConn. Uh, so uh, right uh, in the tradition of UConn scores, right? He uh, yeah. played two years for UConn. He played two years down in uh, uh, like uh, Mississippi uh, Community College, and then transferred mm-hmm. to UConn. And uh, yeah, he just he had all sorts of uh, all sorts of goal scoring prowess. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I shout just, out to Matt Doyle, UConn. I'm sure he's, he's aware. <laughs> I just opened actually, his Wikipedia page. He scored 60 goals in 40 games in community college. <laughs> so that's yeah. a mismatch. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. He, he was inducted in the in his uh local into his uh college's uh Hall of Fame recently. So like in the last can you imagine uh, this? 10 years. Okay, Meridian Community College in Mississippi. Can you imagine just being in the Mississippi area, like that region of community college, and this dude shows up? Like, what are you gonna do? Well, I will tell you from playing down south, there's a lot of uh, a lot of immigrant players that that come from various That's different uh, backgrounds and countries uh, that true. actually jump onto a lot of scholarships. And I yeah. will tell you right now, I, I regularly got my butt just absolutely owned uh, in, in some of those places just because you have some of these young players coming over from uh, various countries who have played all their life. They're exceedingly in great shape and they're coming to get educated in the United States and they're just grabbing a, a scholarship way, the way that they can. And it was really uh, it was a cool experience getting to know them. It was a very bad experience from playing against them. Sure. <laughs> but I, I have a we I have a very I am 
very surprised that I have a story relevant to down south community colleges. <laughs> when I still played in university, we had an American team who were like one of the top JUCOs come up to do their preseason in Canada. And so they traveled up here. They played us. They played one school who was like kind of bad in the Canadian university division. And then they played another really good school. And we were like top 10 in the country. We would have been like a top 50, top 60 D1 program. Um, so they came up and played us and we had no idea what to expect. So we like, took it seriously. We're like, oh, Chuko, potential national contenders. We're, it's our first preseason game. Let's, let's get ready to go. And we like whacked them 7-0 or something. And, <laughs> and, their, and their players were like, what is going on? We didn't even know they played soccer in Canada. They had like one player who was really good, this El Salvadorian guy. But yeah, it was like hilarious. They came with like the nicest bus. They flew up. And we were like, guys, we like have to pay for our track suits. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to give us like a little like, do you remember the the rest of the story or whatever that that radio program where they do no. like, yeah, they do a thing where they'd be like, they'd tell you a story and they'd be like, and that baby was Michael Jordan. And now you know the rest of the story. I thought you were Salvadorian was TSRSA. Yeah, well, TSRSA. The time mixed. Late. Don't worry about the timeline. That makes no sense in that. But yeah. <laughs> All right. We remembered a guy. Well done. All right. We're going to talk about two teams this week. We've got uh, FC Charlotte, we've got Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, let's start with FC Charlotte. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to I'm gonna I'm gonna throw to Kieran here in a second. Now, obviously, I know a lot about Charlotte FC, and I've knowing that this is a podcast we do, and we're a very professional outlet here. I spent my whole week watching FC Charlotte games, reading scouting reports, um, just doing all kinds of research on their tactics, and you know the coach and his history and the players and where they were developed, and um, so obviously. But let's say hypothetically that I didn't do any of that at all teach me about fc charlotte karen uh charlotte are a really interesting team because they play uh if you follow doyle on twitter and you read every time he talks about charlotte he always talks about the same thing about how they have these like really crazy rotations to do things in possession and -hmm. so they're kind of fun because uh they like don't have good players uh but they play like they have good players (laughs) <laughs> so they're they're actually like quite fun to watch because they're like it's a back four, but then all of a sudden Harrison Affles in midfield and they've got a box, but actually all the players in the box like aren't good. And then they have Swiderski who's just like running somewhere, and then Capetti's there, and then like maybe they cross it and get this great chance, and like twice a game they'll do all these crazy rotations perfectly and get like a point two extra shot out of it. But then also two times a game, they'll do it like really bad and get transitioned for like a 0.6 XG shot. Uh, So they're not great. Um, They also profile like extremely weird statistically. So Uh I was looking and I was like, I don't think this seems good. Like I'm kind of expecting to see lots of bad stuff. And like there is lots of bad stuff. Like they have the third Uh highest XG conceded, the third worst XGD. Um, every single midfielder in their team has like aggressively mm-hmm. bad goals added, like yes. so so bad. You're like, I don't know how. Um, <laughs> but then they have like 
some of the more predictive metrics that we look at are like actually good. They have the fourth highest G plus receiving in the whole league, which is like G plus receiving is like XG for babies. Like it's the, the precursor baby food before you get XG, Mm -hmm. but their attack doesn't look good by XG. Um, Capetti is like 12th in the whole league for progressive receptions and he hasn't played every game. Josiak and Vargas are both like above five progressive receptions a game, which is huge. Yeah, Vargas um, is really, yeah. But even like their passing and receiving G plus conceded is way better than you would expect for their XG conceded. So I don't know if there's like an unlucky thing. Like they've conceded the fourth fewest progressive passes in the whole league, the seventh fewest progressive carries. And you look at that and you're like, I don't understand. This team should be maybe good defensively, but then you look at all the shot-based metrics and they're really not. Uh, so I don't like know. I've watched them three times this year because they've played against like teams that we've been watching or they played against CFC or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just like don't really know what to make of them when like everything I see says bad and then half of the numbers say bad and then half of the numbers say, no, you should be way better than this. So I think one one of the things that I kind of um, I think was sort of a hallmark of their um, their kind of genesis was um, you know or one of the more notable things like is they they were very quick to like replace a somewhat big name manager right like they they kind of parted ways uh, with their first guy and I don't know if that really kind of if you're in that kind of situation where they've got um, some players that maybe were supposed to be for him and they're still kind of trying to work out exactly like, um, you know, what, what's going to be next for that. And, you know, they've got Latanzio now in there and um, yeah, it's a very, like they've had a lot of just weird turnover. Like their president was turned over as well. They just had like a strange, like front office situation for so long, you know, or sorry, granted for like how short of a time rather that they've actually been in the league. Like they've gone through like already a ton of like organizational change. Right. Yeah. I mean, and like Ramirez, like Miguel and and Hel Ramirez was like Mm -hmm. universally lauded as like an amazing hire. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out maybe he's like a touch of a psychopath. Yeah. Um, But like Latandio was his assistant, but wasn't like a long time assistant. He's only been his assistant at Charlotte, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's like pretty, I, I always think it's very interesting when expansion franchises fire their first coach. Yeah. Because a lot of times like the coach is in place throughout the whole expansion process. Like they should be very in tune with the squad you are getting. Mm-hmm. They're um, literally building it for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think it, it is interesting to see. And I, I do think like, they haven't been super successful, but like they had a really good record at home last year. Mm-hmm. Their stadium is really cool. They play like a pretty aggressive and like we we meme this all the time, but like we play aggressive attacking soccer. But like they actually do that, even if they're not super successful with it. <laughs> if they shouldn't, yes. Yeah, maybe maybe if they shouldn't, like maybe they shouldn't trade a, a million dollars for a center back whose only good trait is that he scores set pieces sometimes. Um. Maybe don't spend $7 million on a striker who is putting up like a third of an expected goal and assist, who has put up a third of an expected goal and assist his whole career, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but like, I don't know. You can squint at it and be like, somebody has to be bad. They're not that bad. 
they're not like <laughs> FC Cincinnati coming out. No, 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 definitely bad. not. Well, they had a lot of they had a lot of positive things last year, and I think a lot of people were uh, maybe unrightfully so expecting them to be a better version of that uh, of what they were last year in, in a lot of ways. Um, I, I will say I think that a lot of the a lot of the situations that they get themselves into are individual breakdowns based off that rotation. Uh, I think that they have, as you said, I think that they have a couple of maybe below average pieces both in their midfield. And I think there's a problem within their center back pairings with Bill Tioma, who still hasn't been uh, really the the version that we saw at Portland. Uh, and maybe that's because there's too much responsibility. Maybe he's having to learn a system. I definitely see have seen multiple times he's he's had some breakdowns that it's just like, dude, I'm rooting for you. I'm cheering you. Why did you do that? Why did you, why did you make that move? Why did you miss that cover? Why did you miss that run? Um, and it's happened a couple times. And I think that's kind of what it is. I think this is a team that has all the pieces to be kind of that fringe playoff team. And I think that they'll push themselves. I think they're going to get better as the year goes on, but they definitely have some, kind of concerning numbers, especially where G plus is, is at. Um, that being said, Kerwin Vargas is, I think is really kind of cool, kind of fun player. Um, and I think they've kind of figured out how to play Swindersky. I, I feel like he's kind of found his niche. Maybe I still not entirely certain on that. They've there got are a lot of like Swindersky believers around <laughs> like yeah. a lot of people really are like high on that guy still. And I think he did really good in the first season. Another thing to remember about Charlotte too, I think is that, you know, they're missing their first choice goalkeeper. They're missing their best center back from last season. Sure. Well, sure. Sure. Um, I think he's out probably, I don't know how long he's out, but I think he had surgery. So he's out for a while. But um, he wasn't, he wasn't necessarily to go back to uh, Swiderski. He wasn't good at the first half of the season. He was good when they moved him back in to being like basically a 10 slash shadow striker esque, whatever you want to call it, uh, playing mm-hmm. underneath an actual playing underneath Daniel Rios. That's where he really took off. And then they sold off Rios because, you know, they, they went and spent a bunch of money on Capetti. So, uh, but yeah, that's, mm, and I'm still not a fan of that move, but uh, okay. Get money where you can, especially for for a player that largely been a fringe uh, attacker for on an MLS squad. I mean, hey, you get money, uh-huh. get money. Yeah, they have a lot of these like kind of weird players that you can squint at and be like, mm, "You're interesting." And that's like, I don't know. I I wonder if they're maybe one of those teams who like should look to maybe aggressively sell because people can talk themselves into some of their players. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't love Ben Bender. Right. And I think like picking him first overall was probably a reach, but I also look and I'm like, okay, he's like reasonably productive. He's like, not bad. Like this new, uh, what's his name? Melanda. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, like Brant Bronico is like a very solid and reasonable MLS midfielder. Like, I don't think he's very good at this like fullback tucking inside thing, um, which can, I just want to say. So like I am coaching a team that plays this way this summer, kind of similar to this, where like we have fullbacks who are slow but are good passers. So like they will come inside and become a double six all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like an interesting thing that like lots of people are doing tactically. I don't get why they're doing it with Harrison Affle. 
Like, I don't think this is his game at all. Like, yeah. he was just, like, a normal fullback his whole career who, like, gets down the line and crosses. I don't know. I don't get it. They're kind of, like, it's interesting that we debuted that segment because if look at, looking at Charlotte's, like, kind of lineup, there's a lot of remember that guy guys in here, like Jalen Lindsay and uh, what's his face? Um, Derek Jones. Derek Mora. Jones, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bronico is kind of one of those guys too, just like an everyman sort of like a midfielder. Um, who they got? They got um, Tuli Loma, Shinoshiki, Shinoshiki, Shinoshiki. Yeah, yeah. Even I even really like, like they have Euro. Remember that guy's like an Ashley Westwood played mm-hmm. like oh yeah, a thousand minutes for Burnley or something like that. Yeah, so he's even played that. this game this season, and I totally forgot that he'd played. <laughs> Yeah, he's been G plus thinks he reeks. Yeah. And it's what's very interesting about him is that in England, his progressive passing numbers were always stellar. Like he was the one guy at Burnley who was like, oh, this guy can really pass. And G plus is like, no, you cannot. Interesting. Why do you think that is? You think it's the the kind of what we talked about earlier today in Slack, you know, the those horizontal, you know, uh low low passes or or I don't what? know. It, it, it's to, it's probably just like he's only played four nineties, and Charlotte aren't very good, so like there isn't that many forward passes to connect. Or maybe he's gotten picked off in transition twice, and like that's just totally killing his G plus values. Like I think this is one of the things that we maybe have to be cognizant of. I think I think we are cognizant of, but maybe people who are engaging with the site aren't as cognizant of. Is like. Single game G plus is exceptionally noisy. Like sometimes there it's, are yeah. there mm-hmm. are random random events that happen where like for example you'll like a player will get hit a bad back pass that a keeper will clear out like to the edge of his 18 yard box and you will pick up that ball as the winger and it'll be like, oh that's an amazing defensive action because you picked up this loose ball, but like you didn't really do anything. Um and so, like, those things get smoothed out over the course of 1,000 minutes, 1,500 minutes, 2,000 minutes. But when we're looking at, like, this player's played three of eight games so far, I think sometimes we just have to be a little bit careful with what we see on that front. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I did um, – I wrote some articles last year for ASA where we kind of looked at single-game G-plus performances and uh, <clears throat> your highs and lows of the week and – Ironically, like there was a lot of Charlotte in there. <laughs> this is everything I know about Charlotte. I know in both, in both like, directions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like I think Daniel Rias like put like the best G plus single game G plus performance we had last year. Uh, was, was that like the crazy dribble one? Uh, that was his four goal game. Yeah, his four goal game. Right. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. guess. And they were all like just really good tap ins. Like <laughs> they were all real, real close and uh, really good runs. Um, so yeah, I think. Given kind of where Charlotte is at in their sort of um, life cycle as a, 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 a young major league soccer club, I know that they're somewhat forgettable right now. If you look at the league as a whole, like you kind of have to like go like, oh yeah, 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 Charlotte, Charlotte. Um, but as an organization, they're getting things right. Like that stadium is full and great and they've got a great atmosphere. And like, that's like the most important thing you can get right, honestly, uh, as a major league soccer club. And, um, 
I don't know that I, I think given a few years, this could develop um, into a good club. I don't know if that's with this manager. Uh, they've shown a willingness to spend money. They've taken some really big cuts. Um, they've whiffed on a couple of them, I think, but uh, I, I don't, I would not, this isn't, a joke team. This isn't a punchline. This isn't like a, if I had to triage this team, it would not be like, this is a team I have a lot of concern about. I would agree with that. And I, I, I think that they have a lot of, uh, as you said, I, I think they have a lot of really bright spots on their team that could grow into something. And if not, they're easily replaceable. They're easily upgradable, right? They've mm-hmm. done a really good job of managing their cap situation. I think, I think they've done a really good job with, uh, the players that they've recruited. Um, yeah, they've swung and missed, like you said, but at the same time, I don't think that any of those have necessarily have huge problems. They have some, some young players that they've been able to recruit. Um, that'll be kind of interesting to see how that kind of develops in terms of, you know, roster construction with their MLS next team. Um, which, you know, we haven't really talked about, but overall, this is a, this is a promising team. That's just kind of going through some growing pains right now. And that's kind of how I see it. What, what I find kind of interesting is, um, this is only partially related to that. They traded a lot of stuff for the first overall pick. Like they traded mm-hmm. like four or 500,000 gam and Hamadi yeah. Diop hasn't played a minute yet. That is interesting. That's true. Is that like, I don't, I don't know. I, I was like trying to Google while you guys were talking because I was like, I don't know why he's not playing and to see if there was like an injury or something. So if there is somebody tweet at Ian specifically, but yeah, specifically at me, I don't uh, think that there, I don't think that there is. I was just looking at the availability reports to see who is out and I don't, I don't see him listed. So on that, there. that seems really weird to me. Yeah. That oh, seems really and- weird to me. What's even stranger is the fact that Bill uh, Tulioma, uh, that trade came pretty late in the preseason slash uh, almost right before the season started. So it it might kind of indicate that maybe he's less uh, MLS ready than what maybe they had thought when they when they spent all those resources to acquire him. So, so I, I was really surprised that and like we never do draft content because the MLS Super Draft is the Wild West. But I was really surprised they traded up to pick him specifically because I didn't think yeah. he was – I think Funny he's really good, but I didn't think yeah. he was super MLS ready. Like I thought he was a little bit I, – I don't want to use the word wild because it comes with all sorts of connotations, but I thought he was like very – his decision-making was a little bit chaotic. I think raw is the term that we use for that. Yes, yeah, very raw as a center back. Like I really liked Moise Bombito who ended up at Colorado and then blew his knee out way better. Um. But like apparently they weren't even the only team trading up to get him. Like the Orlando trade to two, I think they traded up to two. Yeah, but they, they ended up taking Shaq Muhammad. That trade was to get Hamadi Diop by all accounts, which is crazy to me. Interesting. So for him to not be playing now, I think is very interesting as well. So one fun thing about Charlotte um, to keep an eye on, I think, is that their their G plus leader right now is a guy that was pretty maligned uh, throughout all of last season, Camille Joswiak. Uh, a lot of it was through no fault of his own. There was that very famous quote where um, the uh, the sporting director, I think it was at the time, said like, oh, you know, he's played in the Champions League. So let's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he can handle, uh, I don't know what team he said, you know, RSL. Or something like RSL or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 
And we were like, ah, did he really play in the Champions League? But it um, wasn't actually RSL, or was that just a guess? I, I legitimately don't I, remember. I, I think it was yeah. RSL. There was at least a player that someone <laughs> no, it's, said it's some super team believable. Said. It's exactly yeah. the team that I wouldn't think about. <laughs> yeah. If you can play, I mean, it's it. I think it's like comparable to the uh, uh, a cold night in Stoke. But can he play in a cold night in Sandy? I think is yeah. is the uh, is more the inference. Yeah, so I, I um, so I do want to give a shout out to Camille Josiak for uh, you know coming on, doing some good stuff there. He was uh, a little slow to get started, but uh, I know this isn't a super high bar, but he does he does seem to be one of Charlotte's more productive players these days, which is kind of interesting. Maybe it does take time to vet in and adapt to the the pace of the American game. I will say that is one thing. Like when you do play a not expansive, but you're playing a tactical system that like has a lot of kinks to work out. This is something that will improve with time. Like even if they're just like their players actually just aren't that good. Like instead of hitting the rotations twice a game, they will start to hit them four, five, six, seven times. Um, Just, just by exposure and getting blown out by doing it wrong for a long time, but it, it will actually improve. Yeah. All right, Charlotte, our final rating on you is pretty good. Keep it up. Keep it up. Um, let's move on to our second team of the week, the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, now, obviously, Kieran, I know everything about the Vancouver Whitecaps because I spent all week watching all their games. It's a very professional outlet. I read scouting reports. But let's pretend I didn't do any of that. What? Tell me, explain the Vancouver Whitecaps to me. I am so ready to take a victory lap on this team because – even do it a, right bro- now. A, bro- a broken clock is right every three seasons. <laughs> every year there's someone that picks this team to break out. It's and- me. It's me. I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm the guy who picks Vancouver, who looks at their roster of many good players every year and is like, they're going to make the playoffs, guys. And then they don't because they're like, coach is bad or they like play a 17 year old from Saskatchewan. Wow. Did you hear what he just said about MDS? You know, MDS, MDS is bad. I'm sorry. This is a reality. Anyways, moving on. Boy, I took, I took a, I, I had to, I had to hold some MDS. Wait, what's, what, there. Wait, what's, what's the MDS? What's the MDS? Oh, did you like I MDS? Loved, I love, I like Mark Dos Santos a lot. I was, I thought he'd be a great success there That's or somewhere cool. in major league soccer. I maintained that maybe at a different team, he would have been fine, but I loved his profile. I love his career. From what I've heard of him, he's like actually a very good assistant coach. Yeah, and that might be where that might be his that might be his role, his level. Uh, on this very podcast, I spoke eloquently about the virtues of Mark Dos Santos for a lot of times, and uh, <clears throat> didn't go great. So uh, I had to take that out. But yes, <laughs> so any, anyways, he didn't do a great job in Vancouver, and then the Crepo trade ends up in a disaster because Hassal just wasn't the guy they thought he was, mm-hmm. and so like two seasons end up getting nuked, and now they have this roster that is like. There's a lot of talent. There is just objectively a lot of talent on this roster. Vanny Sartini has put them in an interesting choice of shape with his little like Christmas tree going on. They're mm-hmm. very pressy. Sometimes Brian White plays as a ten, which is like not a thing I thought would happen. Um, Simon Betcher, who's like mini Brian White, his next pro numbers are like just take Brian White and put him in next pro, which is interesting. And like. They look good. They have the third best expected goal difference in the West. They're top three to top five. And like all the metrics we just talked about with Charlotte that are maybe predictive, passing G plus four, receiving four. Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe the biggest thing and it is probably the best place to start is like we talked about there was a trivia question a couple of weeks ago about like the biggest year to year goalkeeper G plus differences. And uh-huh. one of them was going Kripo to Hassal, where like Kripo was top oh, was yeah. like plus ten and Hassal was like minus twelve. Yeah. So far Takaoka is two goals better than his XG and Hassal was like minus fourteen or something last year. Something really like FC Cincinnati ish. Yeah. So like this is he like this is just uh, such a huge platform for them. Like the, that amount of goal difference swing alone makes you so much more competitive. And, yeah. And they've got very some shrewd acquisitions, which is not something that's been a hallmark of the Vancouver Whitecaps. Like most of their acquisitions in the past have made you go like, sorry, what? what? Yeah. yeah. You did what now? Even the, like the Gressel trade made me have the same reaction, but like because the number was so low. Yeah. And Brian oh, White God. was very shrewd, very astute pickup. Like yeah. I think a lot of people saw that talent. Uh, Tristan Blackman was a Tristan, expansion draft pick that they yeah. absolutely rot. Like I'm sure Charlotte would love to have him at center back or fullback instead of 400k in GAM. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they would. And uh, you know when you go out and getting like that fancy playmaker, I don't think Ryan Gold was a name that was going to pop up on anybody's list, but I. He's done some amazing stuff there as well. Uh, I don't think he's having as good of a season as he did last year, but you know that's a very, very talented. This is what is almost more impressive is like I think Gold has had like a pretty significant down year. Um, all, kind of all of their attackers except for Bright, have, except for um, oh, I was going to say O'Brien White, except for Brian White. <laughs> I got it into you. you I did. got it. Into you. <laughs> you did. Um, Except for Brian White, like Vite and Gold and Dahomey and um, Daybear have like not really given you as much as either past years or you would hope. But like even with all, and like Cordova like got injured after two games, who like I really loved the Cordova signing, and uh-huh. they're still like very very decent. But yeah, I, I, maybe I, maybe the best they've ever looked. Maybe I mean you'd have to go back to like. It would be like Carl Robinson, like four four two smash it, like Camillo kind of days where they had some pretty high league positions. Yeah, but uh, like I don't even think they were that good during that time. They just were really lucky having Camillo. Like I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to cast dispersions. Like I know that they had some some solid players and MLS during that time frame. Like you could have a player just dominate uh, on on a team. Like that that was absolutely a thing. Was best player could absolutely be the the defining uh, factor in a, in a game against two teams. Right. Um, I, I feel like we're very much away from what that what that is now. I, I will say, I don't feel like Ryan Gold's necessarily had like a down year. Okay. He's had a down year comparatively, but I also think that he's being asked to do different things to facilitate, uh, tactically. That's just, I feel like he's, he's more on the ball and he's looking more to distribute, uh, a little bit shorter than actually getting into the, the, into the box and like he was last year. Um, I, I I can't say I've watched a ton of their games and I, I like you know hundreds of minutes, but the what I have seen, I feel like he's pulling up a little bit short and he's looking to distribute more and circulate possession than he is actually uh, looking to uh, impact moments like he was last year. And I think part of that is the the influx of attacking talent that they do kind of have at this point than they did last year at this point. 
Yeah, I, d- I do think there's definitely like some different tactical ass going on, uh, especially like around Gressel and whoever mm-hmm, plays on mm-hmm. the left of the midfield three. Like this like narrow center midfielder, but actually sometimes you basically just play as a right back for Gressel is so perfect for his skill set. Like the thing with Gressel that I've always grappled with is I don't like him as a winger because I don't think – I don't think he's good enough 1v1 to like go past people. And I don't think there's enough like box shots as a winger, but he doesn't want to play as a fullback, which is like a very difficult and real thing to balance. And I think this like weird role where it's like, he gets to play in midfield. So he's like, great. I'm a midfielder. I'm not a fullback, but in possession, like he's rolling out wide and either the right back is staying home or he's like a defensive midfielder managing a transition and he gets to hit like those crazy banana balls he used to hit to Joseph Martinez is like the perfect use for him. On the other side, they've played Ali Ahmed a lot, who's like not 142 years old or 124 years old, but is a very interesting player. And he's naturally, not naturally, but he's been playing a lot of fullback. And so when you think about like whether it's Raposo or Luis Martins or like the other fullbacks bombing forward, mm-hmm. you have players who can just like fill in supernaturally or they can just do that role in possession it's a really really clever tactical setup which is super fun all right here's a question i have about vancouver now these underlying numbers generally would look we'd look at this and suggest that this kind of success that they've had um is sustainable right um at least it looks that way is that something that you would concur? And I would say, like, if I am being like a little bit of a devil's advocate here, I would look at this schedule they've had and say they haven't been super challenged yet, except by LAFC, and they got pretty well throttled by them, um, and also in the, the Champions League as well. Like they had, they looked really, really rough. And that's like LAFC is really good, but you know, Portland's been pretty free for teams this year, unless you're Seattle Sounders. Don't want to talk about it. Uh, you know, Montreal is very free and like they even played Montreal a man down. I think that's where they got a lot of their XG difference was from that one game. Uh, Minnesota, the galaxy. Um, those forget, were two draws. There. Austin. Austin. That was another draw. <laughs> uh, that's kind of a team that boy, we haven't taken the victory lap on Austin and we're going to refrain because we are mature people, uh, who are not petty. We are. children. Uh, we are, we are actually, uh, is there any any sense to what I'm saying? Uh, the last point that I have in my notes, so I have all these notes of really positive Vancouver things. Mm-hmm. And then my last note is caveat, angel food cake schedule. Only yeah. good team so far is San Jose. Yeah. yeah. It, which, is, is, which is another crazy thing to say. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. I can't wait to get San Jose on the wheel. They're so much fun to watch every week. I want to talk yeah. about Espinosa for 30 minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah. But fair. yes, I, I am. I'm not going to say concerned because like they are doing this against teams like with Gold not playing amazing in terms of his own output, and mm-hmm. with like not insignificant injuries like Cordova going down is like kind of a big deal. Like they spent a lot of money on him, mm-hmm. so we'll see. We'll see. I do have one player that I want to talk about because yeah. he's like the most analytics home run in the whole league. And that is yeah. Andres Cubas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, 
Cubas was like playing in Liga for a very weak team. I want to say Stad the Reem, but maybe it was maybe it was somebody worse. I can't remember. Uh, they got relegated. <laughs> it's not Reem because Reem stood up. But so they got relegated, and he was putting up like ten tackles and interceptions a game, like numbers that are like way bigger than Conte. Like don't even make sense. His stats bomb radar got tweeted out at one point, and it was like just a solid wall of ball winning and like Uh enough passing that you're like, Oh, this guy's really, really interesting. And it was like such a unique profile. Nobody from Liga was interested and Vancouver came in they got the deal done at a reasonable price. And like if Vancouver were to turn around and sell Cubas tomorrow, like they would get $10 million for him. And in MLS, he's the exact same player. He, is like the second highest DM in the league by ball winning, uh, by interrupting G plus, I think maybe third. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just an animal. And like, this is not a player that MLS teams would normally be going to the well to go find. Like this is a, it, it is explicitly an analytic signing and the scouting liked him as well. Yes. But like, this is what it can be for MLS teams. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, uh, no Andy Rose. No. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's a position too that they have just swung and missed on a number of times. Um, Since Mati Laba left, they haven't had a yeah. DM. They've played Russell yeah. Tybert there for like five years, who's like regularly wow. the worst player in the whole <laughs> league. Laba. That's the, you're going to throw that name out there? My yeah. God. Oh, oh got, goodness gracious. I got Matthias Laba locked and loaded for trivia. I'm sure he's about to come up. Oh, I, I uh, had totally forgotten about Mati Laba until you mentioned him last week. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Wow. Um, all right. So I think that's probably pretty good. Does anyone else have anything they want to talk about about Vancouver at all? No, I'm just excited to see where they go. It's nice that they're quite good. I wish people more people went to their games, but I get it. Yeah, I get so it. Uh, Simon Betcher, is he is Becker, Betcher? Betcher, I think. Betcher, yeah. okay. Uh, thoughts? Do we have any thoughts on him? Because he's 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 stepped in right behind Brian White uh, for the one game that Brian White was, I don't know if he was out, injured, or whatever, but uh, he basically had an explosion. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. His next pro video was really good, uh, and he also like destroyed at St. Louis University with Kip Keller. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he's quite. I think he's like kind of a bit of a Patty Mullins type. Like he's going to get shots and he's going to run around. and He's not really going to do much else. Um, but like that's very useful as a backup striker in MLS. I mean, not- notice that uh, who was the person that was pointing him out, right? Like, I, like he's like been on my radar. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah, is. Yeah, he is very funny. Type. <laughs> Simon Betcher is dating a girl I used to coach. There you go. Oh, there you go. Um, one one other for the road, and, and this is just kind of more being petty. Uh, so Sebastian Berhalter looks really good in G plus. Uh, oh, three, his interrupting yeah. is off the charts. I think he's like one of the two players ahead of Cubas. For, they got him for 50 for the minimum. Columbus would have traded him for free, but they are not allowed to. Uh, <laughs> oh, they love to. Just, just, it, it, I mean, it was just, it's completely petty, but it was just kind of funny. So anyways. I love that. All right, let's do trivia. Okay. You have trivia for us this week? I here? do. I do have trivia. I'm going to apologize to Charlotte fans now 
because I'm sorry, you have existed for one year. Yeah. And the year is not great. There's not a lot of Charlotte trivia. Yeah. So there's some, but there's a lot of white caps. I believe Harrison, no, Ian went went buck wild last week. Yeah. So you got the shutout last week. Take your pick one to six. Give me number three. Okay. Well, I won't do that again. Okay. Um, the white. <laughs> this is this is the soft. This is softballs now. I thought this would be harder, but you guys know you're MLS. The Whitecaps' all-time top scorer is a Brazilian striker who nearly changed allegiances to play for Canada in 2013, with a whopping 43 goals. He is perhaps better known for his transfer saga, in which he just just decided he was going to go play for Carretero and would yeah. stay there until somebody worked it out. Yeah, Camilo. There you go. San Vezo. Wait, so he almost played for Canada. I did not. I did not yeah, know that. So in in 2013, I think he, the CSA approached him about how interested he'd be, but he had to get his PR first. So he would have had to stay, I think, for one more season before he was eligible. Uh, but then he left to Mexico. He there was actually a rumor that he was going to sign for the new CPL team in Vancouver, even though he's like 35 now. Well, yeah. he, he had a crazy year in Liga MX last year. He scored like 24 goals. Uh, across you know across you know their two half seasons. So, anyways, something I was looking at today. Good yeah, guy, I remember Toluca. I believe that's where he plays now. Toluca. I'm not sure. Somewhere yeah, in the yeah. I don't remember. I don't think it's Toluca, but yeah. All right, Harrison, not Jeff Cunningham. You are up. <laughs> Just for insight to those that are listening and wondering why he just called me not Jeff Cunningham, I come into our into our Zencaster every week with a different name uh, that that is just weird. So there you go. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go with number four. Okay, this is our crossover franchise question. Mm. Name the former Whitecap center rack who won CPL as a head coach, coached an next pro team. And is now an assistant for Charlotte. Damn. Played for the Caps, won CPL as a head coach, was a next pro head coach for one year, and then <laughs> coaches at Charlotte as an assistant. I don't know. Ian, you got that one? I do got this one. Uh, classic, classic MLS. Remember this guy, guy, Pamadu Ka. Indeed. Oh my gosh. Pablo yeah. Duca is the guy who got Mark DeSantos fired. Yes. Because his Pacific <laughs> beat Vancouver in the Canada Cup. Yeah. I, I forgot that. I, 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 well, I didn't forget. I didn't know that he had left CPL. I thought he was still coaching so up he, there in Vancouver. He, he so. left Pacific to go take Dallas's next pro team, North Texas. Up the Pacific. Then, I just yeah, want to say you that. Know, I got to say, in. I've been very impressed with Pabadukas' like post playing career. Actually, he is uh, apparently. I, I've spoken to people who've like worked with him and have extremely high opinions. Yeah, of him. like watching him play, I never would have thought like that's no. the future like leader of men. <laughs> but no, like, no. apparently he's extremely good at it. So good on you, Pabaduka. Alrighty, three nil to the fighting Ian Lambertsons. Ian, what question would you like? Uh, give me one. Give me question one. Okay, this is a, a fun one. So Tepper Sports, were the owner of Charlotte, mm-hmm. uh, filed trademarks for eight different names in the lead up to the expansion. I'm not going to read you all of them, but I am going to give you a list of some of them with one fake one. 
Okay. You need to find the fake one. So the names are Charlotte Athletic FC, Charlotte Monarchs FC, Queen City FC, Charlotte Town FC, and All Carolina FC. Uh, Charlotte Town. That is incorrect. Harrison, Mm. would you like Mm. to steal? All Charlotte. That is also incorrect. It is Queen City FC. Really, I would have, I would have, I would have guessed that they, that was the one they, they, mm. they love to call themselves that. Exactly. (laughs) This is why it was a good fake one. That was a good fake out. They also had like Charlotte Fortune because they have a coin. They Uh, do. They have. They have a coin. Yeah, they had. Yeah, I guess their like logo is actually a coin, which I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And they had the Carolina Gliders. Which I thought was so ridiculous that you would both pick it, so I took I, it off because I thought it was too obvious. Let me let me tell you something. I think that was the best name that they could have gone with. I love. The I assume that's I like would, a, a Wright Brothers thing. Good. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. It's got to be. I don't know anything about be, right? Wright Brothers. I didn't know they were from <laughs> Carolina. Kitty Hawk. Okay, Kieran's uh, <laughs> Canadian. Yeah, I want to know why he doesn't know this. I just know about getting to space. That's it. Uh, Harrison, you are up, I think. Yeah. Uh, what was what was the first number that Ian took? You've got two, five, and six left. Let's go with two. Okay. Um, the Whitecaps are one of four teams to ever play an MLS match as the home team, but in another MLS stadium. Uh, TFC in Montreal did it during the pandemic, and NYCFC have done it with the Red Bull because of general New Yorkness many times. Uh, name the two stadiums that Vancouver played at as the home team that aren't in Vancouver. I feel like they're in California. Uh, can I name the cities? Sure. Yeah. If you get, if you, or you can give me the MLS team or whatever you want. Uh, I think it was uh, real salt Lake and in Sacramento. I'll give you one point. Uh, Rio Tinto for RSL okay. was one of them. I remember uh, that, that game. That was where they played the twenty twenty, the beginning of the twenty twenty, end of twenty twenty one season. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian, would you like to steal the other one? I think it was Portland, wasn't it? Didn't they play one in Portland? It was indeed Providence Park. They oh, played Portland okay. in Portland as the home yeah. team. <laughs> really? I'll draw on that one. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a weird. I remember that kind of being a really weird event. Yeah, TFC played at Orlando, and Montreal played out of uh, Red Bull Arena. And yeah, so wild, lots, lots of fun. Uh, Ian, you are up, and you are up for one. You can secure the match with the answer to five or six. Give me five. Okay. Three players have more one more than one Player of the Year award for the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, one of them is Camilo. One of them is Max Crippo. And the third is a Costa Rican international, perhaps better known for scoring the 95th minute equalizer against Honduras that sent the Ticos to the 2018 World Cup and set the stage for... It's Christian Bolaños. It is not Christian Bolaños. Oh, I'm so confident. And set the stage for the U.S. losing to Trinidad at Cuba. Oh, it was later. Oh, no. Christian Bolaños did play for Vancouver, but he's not the player who scored this equalizer. May I? You may indeed. Sabrino. No. No! 
It is center back and former Whitecaps captain, Kendall Waston. Kendall Waston. Oh, my gosh. I thought Sabrio might have had a, a weird spell then. I, thought I believe for sure. it was a oh, bullet man. header off a corner. How did we? How did I miss Waston? Oh, my God. I want to No. Bolaños was indeed the bait, and Ian took it. Mar- I took it. Mar- I took it. If we were playing QI or whatever, that little alarm would have gone off behind me. Yes. Um, I gotta look and see what Belong- or Kendall Waston's up to these days. I, I bet you he's still, still plays playing. Somewhere. I think I'm ninety percent certain he still Suprisa. plays for. He's playing at Saprissa. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right, Harrison, you can Saprissa. You cannot tie, but you can make it respectable. Yeah. Uh, the Whitecaps' first ever captain was famously rejected by MLS teams when he graduated college before f- flinging himself to the ninth division of English pro soccer. Working his way up the ranks with Watford. Jada Merritt. There you go. The answer is indeed Jada right. Merritt. Who, the <laughs> team that he part owns, is playing Canadian Championship tonight against a Canadian Premier League team, and they're an amateur team. So go TSS Rovers, if anyone is. I listening. think, here's oh, a fun yeah. fact. Uh, Jada Merritt is playing in this, uh, the soccer tournament thing that's coming up. Oh, the million dollar tournament. Yeah, uh, and he's on a team with Landon Donovan and Stephen Leonard. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there is a team of one of the teams playing in the tournament is like a former Canadian University player all star team of guys who are like my age who I don't, I don't know how they've gotten in, but they like have a sponsor and everything. Um, but like guys who were elite, elite Canadian University players, but were like, I'm not going to play pro in like the third division in Hungary. I'm going to go be an accountant or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Tournament. Same. That's going to be cool. <laughs> I don't know if it's. But Landon Donovan and Lenhart, like Lenny, like homeboy. I just I can't see those guys like coexisting on the same level. It's like, uh, it's like Padmuka, like how it, like him being this elite level coach after years of breaking people's legs, um, like. And I will tell you, I will tell you something else about this. Yeah. This is guess who's running this team? It's a trivia question favorite. Clint Dempsey. Remember this guy? Uh, uh, no. Mike McGee. It is Mike McGee. It's for <laughs> his, te- his tequila is, I believe, sponsoring this. It's Mike, called Sneaky Fox FC. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Mike uh, vodka, vodka, sorry. Vodka. Oh, oh, no, now you lost me. You lost me. I was like, Mike McGee has a tequila. I'm buying it right now. Like, I'm also, going online. Also I'm on this team. Ordering. Also on this team, Alan Gordon. And That's the Nick Bash Ramondo. Brothers, isn't it? Yeah. Nick Ramondo, Alan Gordon, Jay Demerit, Landon, Landon Donovan, <laughs> talk. Uh, Mike McGee. Uh, yeah. Chicago Amazing. Sneaky Fox FC. So be sure to check out that very strange team of MLS. Remember that, guys. Well, while we were remembering those guys, uh, I have spun the wheel twice. Excellent. Oh, what do we got? Um, and we got uh, the Chicago Fire. Perfect. And RSL. Perfect. We can, <laughs> we can get right com- into commiserate in two weeks is what I think we will be doing. All right. Everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you to my uh, friends and co-hosts for joining me, Harrison Crow. Find him on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. Kieran Doyle on Twitter is at uh, Kier Doyle. That's K-I-E-R-D-O-Y-L-E. Uh, if for some reason you want to follow me on Twitter, that is a handle for Ian. 
Um, please follow American Soccer Analysis on Twitter. That is at Analysis Evolved. And visit the website, www.americansocceranalysis.com. Uh, i got an article up there right now from Matty Kowatz, uh, our mad genius at American Soccer Analysis, writing about G-. So if you thought G+, was confusing, <laughs> we got an article for you. Um, but, dude, it's really interesting, and you should check that out so that you can be ahead of the curve on that one. Um, if you like the show and the website, the data, use it, and you want to support us, uh, a great way to do that uh, is to go to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash American Soccer Analysis. And um, there's only one tier. It's $5 a month, and that will get you access to our Patreon-only Discord, uh, where we talk soccer, uh, Major League Soccer, NWSL, international, other sports. People are talking a lot about hockey this week for some reason. And uh, also uh, min-maxing D&D characters. So that's the kind of people you'd be hanging out with. And if you're listening to the show, I feel like that might appeal to you. So uh, please do join us. We'd love to have you. Um, <clears throat> otherwise, we will see you next time. We'll be back here in two weeks with another episode. Two weeks uh, to talk about RSL. And I've already forgotten the other team. We're at Chicago Fire. Um, we will talk about them. We'll see you in two weeks. Until then, enjoy the soccer.